0: It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit Ellerslie.com. So on Sunday, uh, I gave a message called The Vaccine Dilemma. And uh, so throughout this week, we're sort of not really unpacking the message as much as going through other dilemmas that we're facing as Christians Mm -hmm. in our day. And uh, Philip, you got tasked to come in and and walk with me through the uncomfortable uh, topic of social distancing. This message is called Six Feet Under, or I mean Between. (laughs) And uh, there's a hint or a thought in that is that when you distance from people, it actually has an impact upon your life, your health, your Uh psychology, uh, and it's unhealthy. And it's proven that way throughout any medical study of human touch. And yet we have entered into a season of history where the way we show love is by not touching or by distancing ourselves. How do we as Christians... Respond to this. And that's part of these, you know, yesterday we dealt with face coverings, you know, on Sunday we were talking about the vaccine. Uh, Throughout this week, I think tomorrow, I think it's gender confusion uh, that we're
1: dealing with. So we have some doozies Oh
0: yeah, we're dealing with a lot of challenges that we as Christians are facing, not to necessarily prescribe a specific response, because we recognize that there's a spectrum of how people are responding to some of these. Some people have a conscionable issue with... Some of these matters, like face coverings, they cannot wear one mm-hmm. because they feel like they're supporting a lie in so doing. So in good conscience, they cannot put one on. Some people in good conscience, can they have to wear one because they feel like it's a statement of love and respect. And so how do we as the church work together when there's so much fragmenting that the enemy's trying to bring about, and that's actually the main motive for us walking through these things, is not necessarily to solve the dilemmas, as much as to remind us as the body of Christ to not be played by the dilemmas mm-hmm. to the enemy's ends. Yeah. So, could you sort of help us unpack biblically the idea of distancing and how a Christian needs to look at it? Like, what does the Bible say about things mm-hmm. like this?
1: Well, it's, we probably gave away our uh, answer by the fact that I don't think we measured six feet between us Whoa. here. Whoa. Do can you, you believe it? I think there it? may be six uh, feet here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you do have sort of a balance. And of course, there's different circumstances and, and even... I think the good question is, what do we mean by social distancing, right? In terms of if somebody's sick, we see in in the Old Testament, the idea of that person being isolated while they're sick or quarantined, whether that's uh, for leprosy or a number of other things where somebody would be isolated. And of course, that can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we're talking about is uh, we're dealing with healthy people. How does a healthy person in everyday life interact? And and of course, if there's a suggestion to... um, or whatever a suggestion is a verbal thing, or even just a political pressure, if you want to say it that way, uh, political correctness to distance, how do we think about that? And on one side, of course, if you're sick, if you have a flu, stay home. If you have COVID, stay home. That's that's a a good thing. And that's a way to show honor and love to others. But then how do we show honor and love uh, to others, let's say in the midst of a church? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, like you said, physical touch is an important part. So whereas we do have this idea of isolating the sick, uh, for a period in the Old Testament, we also have the idea of, of embracing one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> so what does that look like? <laughs> That's definitely not politically yeah. correct right now. Yeah. Uh, and yet to to be able to show affection and to engage in relationship is so critical yeah. to, to the way that God created us. Yeah. That if you think even about God himself, three and, and yet one, well... Y- there's this relationship and intimacy and we're built for relationship and intimacy in the very fabric of our being. that includes physical relationship. Well, so
0: what we're seeing in the old Testament, I mean, it's rather fascinating. I've been going through Leviticus, uh, which is a unique book to always go through. That's where most people die in their read through the Bible (laughs) process. And I've been going through Leviticus and I've been hearing all the cleanliness standards and, and uh, laws afresh. And, it's intense how seriously God takes cleanliness and health. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing is he's establishing a culture which is protected from the diseases of the Egyptians or the surrounding Mm -hmm. nations. And he's a hygienic expert. We could say it that way. He created Mm -hmm. the human body and he knows how to preserve the human body for its purpose. Mm -hmm. So he created a law uh, that actually would do that. And It's interesting because then we move to the New Testament Mm -hmm. and though we are not under that law, our righteousness, our cleanliness is not defined by keeping that law. It is interesting to recognize the same hygienic expert is over the church. He's the head of the church. (laughs) So the very creator of the heavens and the earth is over the church. And this is the same one that walked up to lepers and healed them. I mean, that's a pretty extraordinary statement because that's unclean, unclean. That's a dangerous thing. And so... But he, this very one, is going to sponsor the development of this thing called the body of Christ. And in this thing that is also titled the church and the gathering of believers, which is imperative mm-hmm. to the health. Okay. So we're talking mm-hmm. health of a body. And so to maintain the health of that body, these individual members of the body need to embrace one another. And that's, you know, that's one way you could say it. The kiss is a an awkward one for us in America, but five different times in the scriptures in the new testament there is a command it's not a suggestion like social distancing is a suggestion this is a command (laughs) from heaven if you want to say it that way via the word of god for us to embrace one another with a holy kiss to greet one another when we see each other that we express the divine excitement the divine enthusiasm the divine love one to another and that's part of our health And Mm -hmm. if we don't do it, we actually begin to deteriorate in our health. And that's anyone who walked through this last year and was separated from people for a long period of time could testify to the psychological challenges that begin to come, the depressions and oppressions that begin to creep in. There is something about touch and closeness that actually matters.
1: You know, it's interesting. There's a Proverbs in Proverbs 18, uh, and I'll paraphrase it, but it says that a man who isolates himself rages against sound wisdom Mm -hmm. that he goes against that which is is clear wisdom to isolate um, our, ourselves as a, as a way of life or as a, as a yeah. pattern for life. It's interesting. I was also thinking while you were talking that that Jesus has this interesting thing because there was a code of cleanliness amongst the Pharisees, wash their hands and yeah. so on, and he breaks it. Yeah. He actually breaks yeah. their code, and, and and that's where he goes in and says, "Well, you've made void the word of God by your tradition. This is just man's yeah. tradition." And and I think we're we're so prone as humans to get caught up in man's tradition. And man's thinking, you can call it political correctness or social correctness, that we lose touch with what God is doing. And so, you know, different circumstances may require a different response. So it'd be dangerous for you and I to sit here and say, no, no, this is how we do it. This is our law. This is the tradition. So go do that. Uh, I think that'd actually be dangerous in this response because there's going to be times where where I know that somebody wants me to be six feet from them yeah. and I'm actually more effective yep. at, at being a blessing to that person yep. six feet away than I am four feet. That's right. And, and it doesn't even have to be based in, in fact, probably yeah. the germs are spreading 30 feet. Yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, I want to love that person well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Whereas for another person, I need to be available to embrace that person yeah. as it were. And so it's this outward focus that's laying down on my preference and of my ideas and and saying, how can I love this person and honor them well?
0: And the interesting thing about COVID is what it's done is it's, it's taken a tremendous Christian virtue of self-sacrifice and turned it into an evil. For Mm -hmm. instance, throughout the bubonic plague, Christians risked their life to go and administer, minister grace and love and and nursing type of skill towards those that had the plague. Mm -hmm. Whereas everyone else was fleeing from someone with the plague, but Christians were unafraid. Now, if we go in unafraid and minister love, we're considered a carrier, a potential carrier of harm. And that's why it's it's tricky for us. But long and short, the Christian has always been noted for the fact that they're willing to lay down their life to risk getting a disease, if necessary, to show love, to show yeah, affection, right. to care for people, to pray for people, to lay hands on people. You see, we are carriers of yeah. Amen. the life of God. We have the truth of God. We have the healing power of God in that regard. And the body of Christ is the tool that God has in this world. And if the body of Christ begins to quarantine that yeah. power, well, then this world is left unhealthy and diseased. And so it's a, it's a, that's why this is a dilemma. We're not necessarily trying to prescribe and say, this is how your church needs to do it. This is how you need to handle it personally. As much as sort of bring out the truths that undergird Christianity, have always undergirded Christianity, that we don't want to lose. In other words, there is something about touch that is healthy
1: <laughs> there's a reason it's called laying on of hands yeah. right there's a touch right. there's a there's a it, you know i was my wife and i were reading the, the book ben-hur uh which is a pretty lengthy book but it talks about a lot about this culture of leprosy because his his mother and sister yeah. end up with leprosy and they're just sort of the outcasts and you know people throw rocks at them and they have to cry out unclean unclean but they hear about jesus and that he's healing people. So they take this journey to go try and find Jesus. And of course, they're sort of terrified to do it because they've left where they're supposed to be, and they're now where they're not supposed to be, which is a dangerous thing for a leper. And, you know, when you go from the description of that, it it really, you can get into the the shoes of somebody who's a leper and realize how um, isolating and and degrading it would feel to be there. And so they're going along, and, and to make the story short, one of the disciples, I forget which one it was, passes by them on the road. And he walks straight up to him and hands him a glass of water. Oh. And it's like he violates everything that would be the social co- code yeah. in their time. And yet it, it blesses them. And then you think, think about it logically. Jesus is coming along the way, and they've seen him heal a bunch of lepers. Yeah. So so why would the disciple be afraid? Yeah, uh, His master heals lepers all the time. Yeah. Why would he be afraid yeah. to go up and serve yeah. a leper? Yeah. And and why would we be afraid? Yes, we use wisdom. Yeah, uh, but, but why would we be driven by fear? To be able to go up and hand a, a glass of cool water, as it were. Yeah, I, I remember this time I was in a uh, in a third world country, and uh, th- there was a little boy who was brought to me, and he he was about I think six years old. He looked like he was probably eighteen months. His his wrists were about the size of maybe one of my larger fingers or my wow. thumb, just emancipated, tiny, yeah. um, dying clearly, and he had tuberculosis, and. Uh, and it was pretty neat. He just kept on saying to me, Jesus is victorious. That's what he kept saying wow. in his language. And so he's he's saying that to me, and he's just, he can only whisper, he can hardly even talk. But they say, Can you pray for him? So I, I take him and I hold him, and I'm praying for him. And, uh, you know, to me, I. <laughs> I really didn't pay my, that much attention to what he had. I knew it was tuberculosis. I just knew he was a boy in need. Mm-hmm. So I can't really claim any bravery or bravado. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I was aware how uh, contagious that was. Yeah. But afterwards, uh, the the pastors that I was um, doing some training for there, they said, the people were stunned. Why uh, would you hold this little boy? Yeah. You might get tuberculosis and die. Yeah. And yet that's what Jesus calls us to do. We, we expose ourselves to tuberculosis, if you want to say yep. that. Yep. Why? Because we don't fear tuberculosis. Yeah. Uh, if if it's my time to go and I die yeah. of tuberculosis, yeah. praise God I got yeah. to do it serving yeah. somebody. Yeah. And if it's not my time, I'm not afraid of tuberculosis. Yeah. So we use wisdom and yet yeah. we're fearless yeah. and we're willing to go to serve, uh, and to serve and to violate even social norms yeah. in order to bless and to be the life of Christ to yeah. those around us.
0: Well, let's give a couple scenarios uh, just to sort of work through this a little. Like what if we moved church to Zoom? Okay, because yep. a lot of churches have done that. What if we move church to Zoom? Now I've been in and so have you. I mean, we could say hundreds of Zoom calls over the last uh maybe thousands. Year. At this point, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like so many Zoom calls, uh, multiple a day for whole seasons. And uh I I really appreciate Zoom technology. It's 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 amazing. It really mm-hmm. is that we could connect with people all over the world, share a screen. It, it was amazing. But it's not it's not the church the oh, same right. way it it has a, there's an element of it, which is beautiful and profound, but there's something about presence. It's hard to describe, but when you've been in zoom blocks for a long time, and then you're with someone that wasn't a zoom block and you're with them face to face, it is like magic. It is so yeah. powerful. Yeah. And that's like the difference between knowing God in text and knowing God in person the presence mm-hmm. of God is something that we've, we as Christians have talked about, you know, since, uh, since time immemorial. In other words, God is mm-hmm. here. Oh, why does that matter? Well, it's a big deal. Uh, and when we have... We're in each other's presence right now. It's not a Zoom block mm-hmm. talking to a Zoom block. And there's something about that that yep. is important for humanity. And so uh, can Zoom replace uh, the church?
1: Well, I think no yeah. is, the, is the answer. And and maybe we don't even know exactly why the answer to that is. Yeah except that we see that we are supposed to physically gather yeah. in the Word of God. Yeah. And we all know that's there's a difference. Yeah. And, and so we want to obey that and, yeah. and see that difference. I think in our generation, not only with, with Zoom, but we also face the replacement of, of social interaction with social yeah. media. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how that can become very me-centered me yeah. and me-focused. And, and so I think we have to be really guarded that we yeah. don't replace them. Yeah, uh, And and I think that social media can be a great tool, yep. just like Zoom can be a great yep. tool. That's right. So we use the tool, yep. but we recognize that's not a replacement yep. for relationship yep. and for gathering as God has intended us to.
0: So say your conviction is that social distancing, whereas there's wisdom points at times, if someone's sick and various things, of course, but in a general lifestyle sense, social distancing doesn't fit the Christian diet, doesn't fit the mm-hmm. Christian lifestyle and worldview. How do you handle it if someone comes into your church and doesn't feel comfortable being close
1: to others? Well, I think we honor them. Yeah. I, I think we show love. Yeah. So in that case, uh, we don't want to make them feel lesser. We don't want to make them feel uh, different. You don't just come up way. to them and
0: give them a big bear hug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, when we're talking about social distancing, I, I think it's good to bring up You know, some churches have chairs six feet apart. Yeah. I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, if that's where they feel that God's leading them, I don't think that that's wrong.
0: Because every pastor has a different assignment, yep. and they're in a different situation politically, socially. They need to be sensitive with the wisdom that they are given to apply that wisdom to their unique situation. And for a pastor in South Dakota to cluck his tongue at a pastor in Southern California is dangerous. In other words, a pastor in South Dakota is like, hey, Just gather and give hugs and kisses. You know what's the big deal that no one no one cares? Well, down there someone does care, (laughs) and it's it's a challenging situation to be a pastor and to be a leader right now. And so to give grace towards that, but to also appeal to the fact that you know we want to all remember as the body of Christ the importance of not being played by the enemy Mm -hmm. in this and making sure that we are proactively remembering the word of
1: God and the priority of God's word. Yeah. So if somebody's sitting six feet. separate, i say absolutely honor them. But then we want to make extra careful sure to go after that person, make sure they don't feel isolated. Yep, that's right. That they don't feel estranged. Yep, that's right. We got to be extra sure yep. in that case, I, I think, to make sure that we bring them and welcome them into the body yep. of Christ.
0: And so say you go to a grocery store and maybe you're not a big fan of social distancing, but they have those stickers on the floor that are all six feet apart and you need to wait in your little spot. Uh, should you disregard that or what what would you do, Philip?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I'm going to still do what is love in that situation. So I think typically that's going to be if they want me to stand here. Now, some places you sort of go in and it's like people are everywhere anyways. But in general... If that's where they've asked me to stand, this is their property and this is their location. So I'm going to honor them uh, in their location. I think that's
0: honorable. That's respectful. You don't come up to the person in front of you and give them a big bear hug from behind and say, hey, I don't believe in social distancing. I don't think it makes any difference. And then breathe all over. In other words, you're going to show respect to a culture, even if that culture and that generation that you're around is irrationally fearful. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that you mock that by mm-hmm. by holding it in contempt with your behavior. How do you love and respect those that you want to reach? You, you Standing six feet apart in the line actually might help you better reach them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these great. tensions that we face, these are just dilemmas we've never had before uh, in my lifetime. And so they're unique challenges that we as the church are facing. Thanks, Philip. I, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope it was edifying to those that were listening in, but... Uh, Go to Ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellersley campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.